and I would say this for the companies, you know, in Africa there's a lot of potential here, like there's still a lot of things that need to be explored, you know. Hello, and welcome to Profiles. Tonight's discussion is with Zechem Pemba about the case for Africa. If that makes sense. Oh, that sounds interesting, man. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's let's start with your background, Z, and um, and then your education, and within all of this, your goals in life, and, and really what it is at the center of what drives you to do all of these things that you've done and um, how it fits into the change that you want to see in the world. Oh, that's very interesting. So by my background, you mean uh, my educational background or my personal life or career-wise? All of it uh, as it pertains to your uh, your end goal in life. Okay. Uh, okay. So, okay, so I grew up in a, in a small city or maybe in a small town called Mackinac Road. But then for the most part, I've been doing my studying and, and things like that in, in Mombasa. So I'll say like uh, I, Mombasa I took a very big part of my life, you know. And uh, generally in Kenya, you know, people have this perception that people at the coast take it easy, you know, when it comes to life. So they think that we're not very aggressive. So wherever you go and when you tell them, hey, I'm from Mombasa, they'll, they'll be surprised. Like, what? A Mombasa person is here, you know? Yeah, so that, so that gave me the drive to really work hard and, and try to change, you know, the perception of people. And I remember uh, when I went to my first high school, you know, uh, I have a Christian background. I'm a Christian. I went there and I, I we were studying, you know, we were studying a uh, subject called CRE, you know, like the Christian religion education. And then actually I, I taught the class in that in that in that uh, in that class, you know. And then my teacher was t- talking to the other student like, hey, how can you allow a Muslim to pass, like to, to to be able to be fast and you guys are Christians, you know? She didn't know that I was Christian, but from the coast, you know? Because in the coast, majority of the people are Muslims, you see? So I, I kept on seeing this thing you know, coming out, you know, from different perspectives that people still see the coastal people as a bit different. And then uh, I got the chance to go to a school called African Leadership Academy. You know, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, it's in it's in South Africa, and there it's when we like uh, the school's mission is to basically create the future uh, the future leaders you know developing the future leaders for Africa, and the mission for me stood because I really really want to give the African story out there and let people know who, Afri- who African people are you know not in the movies and the internet but the real ones you see. So I did my time there. It was amazing you know I was challenged and and I was really. I was really given the tools, you know, to, 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 to see how I can attack or how I can approach life as an African wherever I go and how I can spread the gospel there. And then after that, I took a gap year where I literally re-evaluated, you know, how I was going to live my life. And for the most part, uh, I, was, I was like uh, so, like so focused on going to the West for my education, for my undergrad. Uh, but then... My guardian and other people were like, you know what, maybe you can try go to China, you know. And then I did my my research and I saw that China is, 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 is playing a big role in terms of investments in Africa. And for me, I was always into economics and business. This is something that I need, I, I, like, I didn't have to work hard to pass in, in class. So it's something that came natural to me. 
So I realized that going to China will really further that mission because I'll be able to understand the Chinese very well and how they do business. And that will, will extrapolate to how Africa can, 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 can be able to have a good relationship with China and have people that can negotiate with them, you see. So I thought this is a niche where I can be able to give my, my contribution to, to, towards telling the story of Africa. So yeah, I got the chance to go to Wuhan University and there I did my undergrad in economics and I majored in finance. And yeah, it was hectic. Uh, the culture was hectic and, and the food was hectic in the beginning. But still, you know, I had that vision that, you know what, this is what I'm striving for. So there's no way I can, I can go back. No, I saw people sometimes go, like, they can't handle it, so they went back. But for me, I was like, you know what, you took this chance, you're going to marry it. You know, you have to take it with its goodness and its badness and, and, its, and its challenges. So I took that up. I, I worked hard to get my oral Chinese a bit better. And then I got relationships with, with my teachers, you know, like my teacher-student relationships, and I understood how the Chinese people think about Africans or think about foreigners and stuff like that. So that gave me the, the motivation to still believe and, 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 and go through my goals, although I still face some kind of like discrimination in Wuhan because it's, it's still a traditional city, you know. So yeah, so that gave me the, the, the opportunity to actually tell those people or tell some of the, the, the Chinese there who Africans are and, and what necessarily they see in TV is not necessarily what's on the ground, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was the end. And then after that, I, I graduated and came back home. When I came home, I found the opportunity with Backless Bank. They were actually opening the, the, the China business there. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, China business is a bit different from normal business because they put their culture in everything, you know. The speed, you know, the, 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 the kind of not structured kind of business. So I, this was like an opportune time for me, you know, because I had worked or had done my internship in a pharmaceutical company in Hainan. And I had the background of how to work with the Chinese people, you know, in terms of culture and how to handle them in a, in a, in a natural, like in a natural setting. So that helped me a lot, you know, because as much as I'm, I'm a numbers guy, at least I was challenged, you know, to be to be broken and be able to listen to people's queries and, and be patient with them and explain to them, okay, so it's basically like one, two, three, you know, which in the normal day it was very hard for me. But I really grew as a person and now I think I'll be able to, like, be a very good negotiator, you know, I'll be a very good middleman between China and Africa because I've become more patient and more resilient. And, and I'm more look, looking into deep, you know, to the depth of things to be able to address issues in a more customer-friendly way, you know. So I think that is a good start for me. And that's where I chose also to, to, to apply to Yanqing because Yanqing gives that, that, uh, that, uh, that opportunity for people that are more interested in China, you know, China and other countries' interests, uh, relationships, to meet with other people in different fields. So I think that was a good selling point for me. So now I'm looking forward to go to Yanqing to be able to learn more skills and, and, and form new relationships that will move my goal to the next level. And um, quickly here, Zaychar, what is your end goal really in life? And, and kind of you talked about your guardian. What is driving you um, as a person to move forward and get up every day and strive for excellence? Okay. I think I'll have, I'll say so far, there, there are three main goals for me. The first main goal is uh, I need 
to push towards like uh, in terms of faith, the Christian faith. I want people to get saved and when they work hard here, they can rest eternally with, with God the Father. The second one is about uh, Africa, you know, and how Africans need to be very careful in terms of investments because they have been the fallen trap of the of the debt trap, you know. They they normally go for debt, which is not necessarily a good a good way of financing unless you you, you you use it very well. And if you look at some of the African countries, most of them, you know, they have an issue with corruption. So they take debt, but then they don't structure it in a way that will be a source of income to pay back the interest. So most of them fall to default, you know. So this is something that I want to work hard, try to shed more light on that, for people to understand how to use debt or maybe find alternative ways, you know, of, of financing, like foreign direct investments. And then the other one is about my life and my family, you know. <laughs> we have a very humble background, and I want to change that. Like I told you, you know, we're from the coast, and people believe, like, coastal people, you know, they just chilled. So for me, I want to work hard and just create the change, you know, like, uh, change in, in where I come from, in terms of, like, maybe providing, uh, like, financial provision for those people who are capable of doing stuff, but they don't have money, you know, or maybe just to be there to show people like people have a humble background, but still be able to make it in life, you know. So that kind of being a role model at the same time, <clears throat> trying to come up with things that can can really like change the mindset of people of how they view people, they, how they view people from the coast, and also just provide for my family and make sure we have a better life going forward. So I would say these three things are the main things that keep me going every day. What kind of projects have you worked on at Barclays? Uh, in Barclays, okay. So, so right, right now, it's the journey is just beginning, you know. So our goal is just to grow it fast before we we venture into different different projects, you know. So the main one has been like looking hunting for business, you know, especially because we launched it in November last year, and then you you saw that COVID nineteen struck, right? <laughs> so. So in terms of like uh, doing project, like it, it wasn't so easy. So we were just trying to grow in terms of our revenues. Although maybe we won't find new plans, right? But we can have some kind of a strategy to see how we can we can get our clients, the ones that we already have, to, to do more business with us. So I'll say that has been the main focus. In that, okay, I'll say that that's how to to make the relationship more solid. You know, for the client to trust us. And be able to to like do more with us because the client can be taking maybe some kind of uh, facilities, banking facilities from us, but still they can do other things like paying, pay, making payments or make paying salaries with us or paying their taxes. You know, this also gives money to us. So we're trying to to like uh, get into that point where a client can trust and say, you know what, okay, as much as I get facilities from you, you can also pay my plant salary using the bank. You see. So that's how that's how we've been working lately. What do you what having you this uh, this rich experience, Zaycha, that you've had at the African Leadership Academy, um, and seeing the what is the state of the continent of Africa through the lens of unity? And after you get into that, let's talk about the role of um, of financing. And, and how relationship managers like yourself are going to be ultimately responsible for 
the um, allocation of this type of labor. I mean, Z, you bring it up that there are people who are more than willing to work and they're very able to do so uh, physically, right? You have the youngest workforce in the world in Africa and you mentioned a great point about the allocation of capital to be able to get these people working efficiently. So um, before we delve into that, let's let's come back to this first question. So what what is African unity mean as an idea? Is that something that I'm misunderstanding? Is, is Africa cut across regional lines, north and south, east and west? What do you think the best way for an outsider with no experience about Africa can go to learn about the basics of intergovernmental, intertribal uh, family relations mm. that go on on this continent? How should we think about Africa? Uh, first, I think we should, before we get to that, we should understand how Africa came to not to be united. You know, I think that's very critical. Mm-hmm. So you know that we had the colonization phase, right? So for the most part, most of our colonialists used the divide and rule, you know, so basically what that means is that they side with one community and, and like incite the community saying that, oh, you see that other community? That's your, that's your enemy, you see. So now you get people fighting. Or maybe that's that other community. Those guys are less of a human being than you guys. So now the other Africans feel more like, more, more privileged, you know. So they look down upon the other Africans. Do you, do you understand what I mean here? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened, and, and that's, that's, that's something that has been affecting us for a long time. So I'll say that most Africans haven't sat down to see what, what that effect, you know, of, 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 that, of that face caused Africans to be today. You know, the only country that I think have made effort is, 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 uh, is Rwanda, but then Rwanda went to the extreme. So at least now they've seen, you know what, guys, uh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, you know, we, maybe we may be different, but we are one people, you see, and you can see that the rate of growth in Rwanda is going very fast. You understand? So that's the same thing. Like right now, we still have a lot of challenges in terms of relationship between countries that are neighbors, for example, Kenya and Tanzania and, and Uganda, you know, in the past, we used to have the East African community, but still now we, we, we have very, very I'd say very, very minor differences that we should understand. These things cannot set us back. You know, we need to keep them aside and come together and work together. So I think that's what's missing. Most African leaders haven't sat down to know that it's true. We, we went through that phase, and that phase, like, led us to to some kind of hate one another or maybe see others, like, more distant. So now it's time to change that. I haven't seen that as an agenda for the for the for the... African Union, you know, like the social part, they just look more into the economic part, you know, which is good. But then if you don't have the social part, it's a problem. So okay. this applies to China as well. Uh, um, you know? How does it apply to China, you think? Uh, because China, are the diplomatic part, you know, they think they are friends with Africa. But then if you go to African speaking, Africa or the other developing country and ask the locals, they'll be like, oh, man, man China is being too much to our country. You see? So they're not working towards like even the social. We need to educate Chinese people on who maybe our allies are, you know, what they're doing and stuff like that. So most Chinese don't have this background. But then the people at the, at the top that do this uh, trade ties, they think 
they have that. So for me, I, I think it's not only about the economic relations, even the social relations about people, you know, how how maybe the Kenyans treat the Tanzanians is very important because and this this will lead to doing business at a lower level. So when 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 when, when Kens when when someone from Nairobi um, in Kenya sits down with someone from Tanzania, is does that happen in Addis Ababa every time at the African Union? Um, how many times a year do these leaders meet? Oh uh, well, I'm not very certain of how 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 often they meet. But yeah, you know, like they they pass some laws concerning stuff, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of differences, you know, because let's let's forget about the African Union first, because the African Union is very big. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the East African Union, where it's just it's just about small countries, maybe four or five countries. What countries are you those? Know, Can you list them? We have countries like Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, you know, Rwanda now, and and Burundi. You know, this kind of countries, and you see the policies that have been there for a long time, and they still haven't been passed because of those like few differences. You know, like they believe that maybe if if this country gets an upper hand, then they'll have more privilege to get more resources. They don't see it as you know what. Maybe if this country gets this, they can help us to boost this. For example, in Kenya, ICT is very big. So if you get to make laws that, 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 that make, make uh, capital and labor go around East Africa very fast, then other countries can adapt the, the Kenyan IT kind of, 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 of working, and which is going to help them. So most people don't have this kind of, you know, kind of uh, thinking. I think they are very conservative in that, okay, so-and-so is ahead in this. I think if we come together, they'll take advantage of us, kind of thinking. I think which has been, it's been slowing our growth. Which, Z, it brings me to this question, and I think that, that you really bring up a good idea here, that when we want to understand the whole, it's good to look at the pieces and try and make use of those. So how many languages do you speak? And, yeah. How many la- languages do I speak? Yes. Uh, I speak uh, around five languages. What languages? Can you list them? Uh, okay, that's my local language. It's called Duruma. And then I speak Swahili, which is a mixture of Arabic and, and uh, some African languages. I speak English. I speak, uh, I speak uh, how do you call it, Chinese. Uh, I'll say a bit. <laughs> and then I'm a beginner in Turkish because I studied in a Turkish school before. Hmm. Yeah. But I'll say, uh, I use the form of Turkish. It's just like, hello, how are you doing? Yeah. But then the four more, like uh, the other ones that I mentioned, I think I use those more often. What about in the office? In the office, I use uh, English and Chinese, you know, because uh, it depends. But uh, likely most of my... Mix it out. <laughs> We cut out there for a minute. So, what you were saying that in the uh, in the office you speak more of what language? More of English, because oh. you have to know like our documentation and everything is in English, right? So, as much as we are making Chinese deals for them to be processed, they have to go in English. Because let me just give you a background of, of, of what banking works. And just to give right? to give it a quick update to listeners. So, what does it mean when we mean a deal? Are we working on a project? Okay. That could be something in infrastructure. Okay, Are we so, working on funds uh, that can be sold as investment okay, so, products? How, what does that look like? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. So, uh, I, okay, so I'll give you a background of what my portfolio look like. Okay. So, for the most part, my portfolio is mostly uh, it's more construction focused. It's more construction focused. Also, but we also have some people in 
in ceramics. We also have some clients in in uh, in, in pharmaceutical, but for the most part, it's it's uh, construction focused. So in construction, there are different kind of products. You know, most especially for bones, like you have performance bones and, and those kind of things. So this is a banking, you know. But then and then some people want maybe they want to get a working capital loan or maybe they want to get a long term loan. So this these are products also. So for us, we go to the client, tell them, okay, so we can help you by doing this. But then for this product to be to be processed, we have other people that don't speak Chinese and don't know Chinese culture. They they use that. So now all the communication has to be translated to English, you know, in order for those teams to be able to access that information. You see, that makes sense. And um, yeah, yeah. So what what kind of uh, what type of construction projects? Like dams, roads, well, this, this bridges. Be, yeah, yeah, it could be dams, you know, like uh, maybe water pipes, stuff like that. And then we have roads, and then we have uh, we have what kind of we have some people maybe in, in mining as well, and and, and 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 stuff like that. For example, I'd say the biggest name that I'm working with is Power China. I don't know if you've you've uh, you've known that company, Power China. Mm-hmm. Is that the, the state-owned company? Okay. Yeah, yeah, in China, it deals with mostly uh, like building roads and railways and stuff like that. This is the biggest name in terms of construction. Uh, and then I have others in hydrology, like you say, dams and, and stuff like that, bridges and stuff like this. How large are these deals usually packaged-wise? Like, um... Wow, some deals are very, very large. For example, like uh, last, uh, last, last, in the last three weeks, my, my, my client had a got a contract of 4.6 billion shillings to construct uh, to do some some adjustment to some uh, main highway here in Kenya so, so you can see it are these the um, extreme, you know? are these uh, shilling denominated deals usually yeah, done yeah, in was, are they are they usually done in shillings and what's the exchange rate there for listeners in dollars if you've got uh, it? the exchange rate is uh, one dollar is around 106 100 108 there, Kenyan shillings thereabouts. Okay, and how large, and yeah, was, this, how large was this deal? The Kenyan shillings, the first one? Six million? The, 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 for example, this one we had... Uh, okay, so this one is an outside-the-bank deal mm-hmm. because they got this this deal from the from the government. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but, but, but still, because it's my client, so I can tell you the extreme that, that it can go, and this was around 4.6 billion Kenyan shillings, you okay. see. A large so you divide deal. by that by by hundred, yeah. and then yeah. you get the Kenyan value. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, still that's a, a big number. The dollar value, you get the dollar value. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And what was that building? Again. They're, they're doing some uh, construction, some road construction. You know, like uh, trying to to make the city more modern. You know, and and create pavements around the highways and stuff like this. What's the due diligence on that look like? Are these are these investors looking for returns on these roads? How does the structure of those deals work? Well, uh, of course they look for returns, right? So you get the deal and you see how you can you can execute the deal at the most affordable way in the best way, and then from there you can see how much money you can keep for yourself. Yes, in you fees. Get, you get, yeah, that's how contracts work. Yes. Right? Yeah, but for me, I'd say as a as a as a Kenyan, I'd say the company that has gotten that that deal, it's a very it's a very reliable company. So it's not this kind kind of companies that come and do something and then within two years, 
you know, it's not working. No, no, it's a, it's a company that knows what's do, what it's doing. So I think it's a good deal for Kenya. And and are these roads actually? Um, have you ever have you used any of these infrastructure products as they've come to fruition? Have you seen the fruits of these okay. uh, labors? No, they they had to start they had to start working with that. But mm-hmm. I I've, I've been to the road that they want to to do some changes. And I've used it before. Are any of these investors coming from places that are in the West, or is or is any of this money being matched by Western um, financial institutions? Okay, so in the bank we have different sections, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the co- okay, we have the corporate side of business. Mm-hmm. So the corporate side it, it incorporates the the global corporates, and then we have the local large corporates, and then we have the SMEs. Okay, so in my team, the global corporates, and within co- go, uh, within global corporates we have we have a, a like subunit. We have the China desk. We have the like normal global corporates and then we have financial institutions so we do have western capital coming in but this is a different side of of, of the global corporates that our banks have for me i just deal with purely chinese business hmm. yes yes but then we have some other guys doing business with different with different western companies you know and it's all the same so um yeah wow man this has been amazing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on here and telling me about all this. Is there anything um, that you'd like to say for anybody out there? Um, yeah, yeah. Out there, I think people should know that they, they need to, to really open it. They need to get red pilled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Africa, you know. <laughs> you know the matrix, right? They, they need to be red pilled, you know. Because many people, you know, when they when they think of Africa, they think of this continent where there's hunger, you know, there's no roads, there's no internet, you know, it's just to go and see animals, you know. But but that's just it's it's a very biased story. So people need to dig deeper. And I'll say this for the companies, you know, in Africa there's a lot of potential here. Like there's still a lot of things that need to be explored, you know. So uh, for me, I suggest that companies should really look into coming to Africa, and this is something that China has observed, and they're really like working towards it. You know, they're really there are a lot of Af- like Chinese companies coming here and making good money, and, and I know the West they also have some good companies. Like the, I think the companies that come here mostly is the big dogs, That's, is, for example, in the consulting, or maybe like CT Bank and stuff like that. But I'm sure even some startups can come here, you know, because most areas are still not very, very explored. So there's very, there's very great room for development. And it's easy to create the money. Like you said, you know, like most Africans are youthful people. So in the long run, these guys will be, will be graduating from campus and, and, and looking for jobs. So if the startups come here, they can also get affordable labor, you know, to start with. So I think they should consider coming here, you know, and doing business here. And then see for themselves and not just believe the media and what the media says. Dude, thank you so much. Let's say, let's hear your full your full name in um, whatever language you associate with most. One more time for the record. <laughs> okay, so my full name is uh, for two reviewers out there. It's Jacob Zecha Pemba, but then I go by Z, I go by Zecha, I go by Minister Zecha, and I'll say I enjoy mostly Swahili. You know, Swahili is very beautiful, especially if you're expressing your feelings to a woman or maybe your mom or something like this. <laughs> 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 
Thank you so yeah. much for uh, for listeners out there. We made the phone call. I thought it was 7 p.m. in Nairobi. It's 7 a.m. That's why we should all use <laughs> hospital time. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, Zaycha, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really looking forward to our yeah, friendship so in the future. Thank you so much for having man. me here. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, well, well have, a, uh, have a wonderful morning, Z. Thank you, thank you, brother. You too. Take care, man. Take it easy. Wonderful. Intros begin here at 28.45. Hello, and welcome to Profiles. Tonight we'll be talking with Zecha from Nairobi, Kenya about the future of Africa. Hello, and welcome to Profiles. Thanks for stopping by to hang out. If you're interested in to learn more about Z's story, let us know or add him on one of the social media platforms that he listed. Thanks so much for tuning in.